1: There must be some kind of way out of here Say the Joker to the thief. Too
0: much Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. My man Patrick, the ideal you never take songs from a soundtrack and, or for whatever reason, inspired by a soundtrack from a movie, takes those selections, plays them for us, and based on the songs, we are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. My man Horace got it this week. It was Blue Chips, the film Blue Chips. Great movie if you haven't seen Blue Chips. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, Nick yep. Nolte. Yep.
2: Anthony
1: Hardaway, who's coaching in March Madness. Ah, oh, there you go. Because Memphis made it in. I like that, man. He got a lot. He learned a lot making blue chips because he was under investigation for a while for <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> misdoings. Mm-hmm, truth at
0: times, stranger than fiction, gentlemen. There it is. Uh, there you go. No, I like that. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, uh, Chip, I've actually, uh, blue chips is. The featured movie for midweek movie music. Please hit us up on the specs text line 512 337 3776. Any comments, questions, concerns? Uh, you also can use the Twitterverse as well. My man Harge is at Hardball HardballHarge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Remember, we're off early at 615 for Texas Baseball. Um, so we'll get my man Harge's thoughts about the Texas Baseball team before that matchup. Uh, and he did say he wanted Texas Baseball to be above 500 by the end of the weekend.
2: They ding ding. Did, they did exactly that. <laughs> ding, right. ding.
0: They took care of business. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Let's talk about the big news of the day for Cowboys fans. We know the NFL free agency, oh, the new year, I should say, officially started. Legal tampering period now officially done. This NFL free agency is now upon us. Uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, although it is designated as a post June 1st uh, cut, uh, Dallas Cowboys decided that they were no longer in need of the services of Ezekiel Elliott, and he will be cut, a post June uh, post-June 1st cut. Uh, they're going to save about $10, $10.9 million on the salary cap with that. Uh, there is uh, nearly $6 million in, in dead money attached to that as well. So his contract will be on the books until then, but he is free to sign with another team. And the era, the Zeke era, is over. And for for me, Harj, I you know I I think Cowboys fans, if they are wondering why they feel a certain kind of way about watching Zeke uh, the Zeke drama unfold and him ultimately, I think. We know it was inevitable. Ultimately, now being cut and released by the Cowboys, it's okay. We've all been in relationships like this where you know the end is coming. Yep. It's pretty obvious to both parties involved. But when it actually happens, you're still a little sad about it. You still got to go through the process of grieving that relationship. So it's okay, Cowboys fans. It's okay to be a little sad. It is. Even though it, it, it cutting Zeke was the right thing to do. All right. It's the best for the team. Honestly, it I don't know if it's best for him. But it's best for the team, ultimately, and I think it's its, it's for the greater good. Still can be sad about it, though. It's like the relation, any relationship ending. It's all right.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we all knew it was coming. We had been talking about it for weeks. We talked about it at the end of the season. We actually talked about it during the season when we saw exactly what Tony Pollard was able to do. We were like, uh-oh. This might be the end. And then, you know, Zeke missing a step, slowing down a little bit, not doing the same things and the explosivity, as we like to say, of a Tony Pollard made it one of those situations where it's like, yeah, this is probably going to be the end of the road. Don't make it any sadder. I mean, it doesn't make it. You're not happy about it. But reality is the NFL is a business and things have to change. And financially, it was a problem. They let him cut the line at the very beginning which was really the true statement about it, because Zeke probably could have stayed on the the team and done great things, but that money does not warrant you to be on this team. If you're going to be a part of that and the financial burden that you have now put on this team, that is why you ended up being let go before anybody else. By the way, Dak Prescott is the last remaining member of that 2016 team that was there, or the draft yeah, and that's why, yep. you know, I, I said this
0: earlier because they, they obviously were taking in the same draft. Mm-hmm. And they became really close because they became basically the, the Cowboys' foundational pieces to build around um, for the foreseeable future. And now, obviously, that future is changing a little bit, but Dak is still there. Mm-hmm. And Dak, I believe, when Aaron Rodgers is ultimately goes to the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 which we'll talk about, has is there a quarterback in the NFL that's been with their team longer than Dak?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: I think after Aaron Rodgers leave, he's like gonna. That's how crazy. That's how fast the NFL is changing because Tom Brady retired. I don't think we've had a lot of quarterbacks that have been with their team longer. No, than Dak. He's been, with the, he, he'd been the starting quarterback since twenty sixteen. Seems like everybody's on the move and, all the and, time. And with Aaron Rodgers, uh, like I said he's one of those kind of grandfathers of the the quarterbacking game. And with the new NBAification of the NFL, mm-hmm. quarterbacks are moving a lot more. Yeah, just, and a lot of the veteran quarterbacks are deciding, no, I want to move and I want to reinvent myself somewhere else. I think Dak might—I think he's now that guy yeah. because of tenure on a team. Anyway, I digress. Getting back to it, getting, that was just to get uh, further uh, add to your point there, Harsh. But getting back to his the initial drafting of Ezekiel Elliott, I now—listen, I, I don't think that was a true indictment on the front office, even though you could— Criticize it because at the big 2016 there was a movement starting to happen in the NFL where analytically it was, you know, driven more by the stats and the analytics that the running back value was starting to decline mm-hmm. and that that running back position was just not worth it in terms of draft capital spent or salary cap dollars spent. Now, that is common knowledge. That is common practice. Nobody wants to overly invest in the running back position <laughs> no. whether it's draft capital or whether it's salary cap dollars. The Cowboys probably could have observed, you know what I mean, that you know that type of uh, thinking at the time, but like I said, at the time, I think when they drafted Zeke fourth overall, they were they thought Zeke was the last missing piece to what they assumed was going to be a Super Bowl run by their quarterback Romo, but they didn't know Romo was as fragile as he turned out to be, and then that's why Dak gets the, gets the job. He was the original yep. third-string quarterback. So that wasn't a tr- that's not as much of an indictment as the second contract, as you mentioned, Harge. That was the ultimate indictment, and that's why Zeke, in a sense, he symbolizes bad decisions for the Cowboys. <laughs> right. right, Allowing him to skip the line, then paying him all that money while he was on the decline, his productivity on the decline. You start paying him more money. You were paying him less money.
1: Mm-hmm. when he was in his
0: prime, and he started paying him more money when he was on the decline. Yep. That is terrible business strategy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? You didn't think this through.
0: <laughs> so I think ultimately, that's why to me it's a bit cathartic because yep. he symbolizes about some of your bad decisions as an organization. He was a good player, but because of way you miscalculated the value of the market with Zeke multiple times, you almost, to me, um, negatively affected his legacy with the team. Yep. Because once you overpay him that money, that he could do no good in Cowboys fans' eyes because you were paying him too much. Yep, that's all it was. You're like, was... paying him too much for this. Oh. He, ate, oh, he, scored, he scored how many touchdowns? What, eight touchdowns? Well, you damn right. We paid for he everyone yeah, to He's touchdowns. making all this money.
1: <laughs> yeah, you yeah, should be paying. He should be scoring touchdowns. Nah, yeah, but, the, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that the second contract was what was the downfall of Zeke's <laughs> career. That That is when people started looking at him a lot different. That's when people started judging it a little bit more. And I was one of the first ones to say, bro, you messed up the entire cycle by jumping in front of everybody. And you start looking around the league and seeing who's the most productive, who's the least productive, and he was more on the latter side. And the money didn't justify who you were. Now, at the time, when you got it, I thought it was wrong. But, hey, man, go get your bread. Go get your bread. Zeke did the right thing. Yeah, if they're going to pay you, you take it. Yeah, Zeke did the right thing for Zeke. Zeke won here, by the way. For sure. We're
0: talking about legacy, but in terms of Zeke personally, financially for Zeke, it was the right thing to do. Skip the line because Zeke agent understood the kind of that infamous study that I brought up earlier, which has haunted the running back position for a long time That since 2001, when they look at running backs. Who, uh, all running backs who have played at least four NFL seasons with an average of 75 carries a season, they all peak at 27. They peak yep. at 27, mm-hmm. and after that, they have a precipitous decline. After that, their rushing totals drop by 15 percentage points by the time they get 28, drops by 25% by the time they get to be 29, and by the time you are 30, you're talking about a 40 to 50% drop in rushing productivity. And Zeke's agent knows this. Zeke knows this. Zeke decided, you know what, before my decline comes, Which is inevitable for everybody except, I don't know, Adrian Peterson and you know a couple of Flank Gore. There are some of these guys. (laughs) Just kept on playing. Yeah, they give the middle finger to Father Time. We've seen them. And and good for them. We we all met people who were oh I'm 55. They damn you look like you 40, 42. (laughs) That's crazy. You're aging really well. Well, some guys just age better than others, but for the most part, most running backs, and that includes Zeke. Uh, they start to decline raps 27 27 there's just some professions where you age faster than others and even though you may consider yourself young you're old for that profession yep. alright you can be a 35 year old rapper and think you're young Everybody like man you old as hell to be a rapper you're yeah. just old alright you can be same thing for strippers you can be a 28 year old stripper and they're like man you're pretty old for stripping yep. that's just the way it is. you're closer to 30 then you're an old stripper if you're a 27 28 year running back
1: you ain't finished college yet you
0: you basically <laughs> geriatric Yeah, you're a you know I mean, I brought up the other uh, earlier that unfortunately for older women, you have a pregnancy past thirty-five. They start calling it a geriatric pregnancy. You're like, what the hell is that? That's yep. insulting. Same thing to running backs. You're basically at twenty-seven years old. You're basically a geriatric running back. And that's what they. That's why they don't. That's why all these guys want to be traded. That's why the market is right now robust with a ton of running backs because teams don't want to pay for them.
1: Yep. Or overpay for them. Well, I was listening today to Michael Robinson. You remember Michael Robinson played. Running back and court played quarterback at Penn State but played running back for um, San Fran and he also played for Seattle. And hmm. the conversation that he was having today is that he hmm. said that the running backs need to have their own CBA. They need to go out and form their own CBA because of the things that we're just now talking about. How they start to decline, how the numbers say this, this, and this. But yet and still, you still need him because he was a fullback. But most teams don't even have a fullback. Half of them, don't. yeah, exactly. So when he was out there, and he was a quarterback originally when he was coming out. So it is one of those things that is just continues to say. Well, there's some things that need to be worked out in the running back position because it's amazing to me how we went from having them in the first round to now you're obsolete. It's all about the quarterback. It's all about if you can get them on a rookie deal and doing all this stuff. And that's the funny part about it, too, because we can talk about the quarterbacks and how, oh, you need to make sure that you get them on the rookie deal. Well, then at the rookie deal, aren't they underpaid? Yes. Because they're playing so well? Yes. I mean, that's the that's the yin and the yang, right? You're trying to figure out how do we find mm-hmm. this balance. Well, he doesn't deserve that money. Well, when he was balling, nobody was giving him the money, and every time he wanted to go to the table, it's like, it's not your time. It's not your time. That's why I was saying when Dak was up for the money and he was playing well, you could have got him at a lower price, but you wanted to wait. You wanted to wait till the end, and then you franchised him, and then you ended up having to pay him anyway that's the that's the irony of this mm-hmm. entire thing because you can always say, well, we want them on that rookie deal well then when they outperform the rookie deal and it's time for them to get paid, they always say, well, we don't want to pay you anymore now like I don't I don't understand the same thing. that's what Lamar Jackson is going through right now that's true he overperformed for the rookie contract because he ended up being an MVP and now it's time to pay him he continues to win for it because his record tells you what it is and then you want to be critical of he can't throw he can't do this he can't. that 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 to me and we talked about this before that's the lazy argument because if you go back and you put weapons around him he's going to show you how to get he's gonna make things better because that's what he did he made he made it happen without weapons let's see what he does with weapons. You you sound, like
0: a, you sound like a baseball player complaining about the NFL. That's what and, I was saying. And, and, the, and the salary money. cap structure. <laughs> and the scene, I like, just want to see people get their money, You're man. asking very valid, logical <laughs> questions. Emma, and I can tell you, if I play in the NFL... <laughs> It don't work that way. No. It don't work that <laughs> no, way. Guar- you talking about a guy who used to make guaranteed yeah, dollars. No, that, that, true that. that. gets lifetime health insurance when they, <laughs> and they play a certain body game. <laughs> NFL don't offer none of that, brother. None of that. No, okay. and I mean, if you,
2: look at it, <laughs> if you look at it now in the free market and go, look how many good running backs there are, and there's not a lot of great ones. <laughs> and so, Zeke, you wanted to be that great guy. And I don't know if he ever had the full explosiveness. You needed to be a great guy. I think probably for a couple years in there he did. But he was never that Derrick Henry or we're like, oh no, he can average four and a half yards a carry, and he can bust out for a touchdown, sixty yard touchdown run at any point. That's just really hard to find. But you can get the guy right below that level. There's forty to fifty of them, yep, and it's just an overfill. And you're just like the free market dictates. If there's a bunch of guys looking for one position with musicians, you go. Why? Why do people not want to pay musicians? They go, well, I can get a really good band. For two thousand dollars to play my show, mm-hmm. or I get a band just a little bit worse for for two hundred. I'm just gonna get the little bit worse band. And there's a ton of bands who will take underpayment because for them, that's feeding their family. And for running backs, they go, "Well, yeah, man, I'll take I'll take a lower contract because I just want to get paid. Because otherwise, I'm in the XFL right, or right. I'm in the USFL. So I'll, I'll I'll gladly take Zeke's job. I like I, I hate that I'm taking him out. But that's why you can't have a CBA for running backs. It's because there's going to be no loyalty in it No, because only a few guys are trying to get paid in it, yep. and a lot of other guys are just trying to get just a hand in the door. Yeah, no, the NFL has done a really good job. Started with the rookie Wade
0: scale. That you know just suppressed all mm-hmm. of the inflated salaries initially. So initially you don't have to pay uh, top dollar for or compensate these players for their primes. Right. And then you got the franchise tag. You can yeah, do they that. just got all kinds of stuff out there. You can franchise tag a player, I believe, technically three times. Remember, Kirk Cousins got franchise tag twice. I believe yeah. you could do it three times. Now, that's absurd because it goes up every time. Every but you, time. if you want to re- remain, like basically retain control of the rights for a player in the NFL, technically, you can do it for around six or seven yeah. years if you really wanted to do it. So you're right. And that's, that's the prime. If you're an NFL player. That's your prime. <laughs> Give me all that. Uh, you're not. I mean, it, you baseball, you got a little longer for your prime. Basketball, you got a little longer. We bigger. just saw a- football. as a running back, dude. That first, that, that rookie
1: contract. That essentially, right now, based on what number I gave you, that's your prime. Yeah, we're seeing baseball <laughs> players get three hundred million dollar contracts right now, Come and they're on. like thirty. That's they're thirty. Unbelievable. Can I ask you something? This is interesting. I don't know if we got
0: time to talk about this, but you just brought up something. I thought about it. Since baseball has guaranteed money, right? Mm-hmm. And baseball is old money. All right. It's old money in America too. We know what old money is. Old money. Baseball's yeah. old money. It's sports version of old money. All right. They just got it for yep. days. It's yep. been around forever. They always gonna have it. So got they got guarantees Yeah,
1: they're doing whatever they can.
0: Powerful players union as well. Most powerful players union as well. Why hasn't baseball created a billionaire
1: player yet? The NBA's uh,
0: got like two. Because that would
1: make them an owner.
0: The NBA's got two.
1: Well, he did that. He created it outside no, but, of it, though. But they you're get, right. act like baseball. You got right. the same
0: opportunity. They're they getting paid. A it's, lot it's, of, it, start, it started off with LeBron James and MJ getting the big NBA mm-hmm. money. All right. Then they get the endorsement deals. The problem is endorsement deals. That's what that's I was my, just about to say. That's my complaint. The problem is, they don't get enough endorsement they not getting enough money away from the game because they're not recognizable. The NBA players are recognizable Then they can get into other things. And this goes Which back is to, funny they, should, they, should they should also have created a billionaire player by now. Derrick Jeter should be in that yeah, conversation. Yeah, Jeter should right? be the closest there, there are a couple of players that should be in that conversation. A-Rod was on his way to that. A, you know what I mean? A-Rod was on his way NBA, to that. Considering the NBA has made two billionaires yeah. already. The NFL ain't going to never create a billionaire. Hell now Now with the restrictions and salary <laughs> cap <laughs> yeah. and everybody goes. They are. Not salary. Salary. I mean, they are. Well, no, not but From
2: baseball. Tom Brady will be a billionaire before he dies.
0: He's probably going to be a close. Yeah, he he will. So because, Somebody but that's be. because of other reasons. But now, honestly, after the divorce, we're not sure anymore. He was close. Yeah, that, that, no, that divorce, and that crypto, hurt him bad. That, I heard the, the, crypto, the divorce crypto really hurt him. The crypto and the divorce, I hear hurt that him bad. That is true. So I don't know. The, end of the I
2: could believe with TB12 and all that. He, but he could I figure out I think he's the closest. I think. Yeah. Isn't
0: it crazy like that? In, the NBA's got
1: two of them.
2: That that is a great. point. And baseball,
0: Derek Jeter should be in that conversation, but he's not there yet.
1: He he possibly can because don't forget he became an owner. He was part of an ownership group. So. He might be trending in that direction. But you're right. I think the biggest problem with the baseball players is the guys that they have as the face. Like LeBron was the face. Michael Jordan was the face. When you look at Major League Baseball, Mike Trout didn't want to be the face. He He was the face. But A-Rod was on that because he was the ones that was getting the big – 300, 200, deals, and the endorsement, he was deals. In, the endorsement so deal. He's sti- and now he owns part of a basketball team. So he may be on that way and he may become that guy. And he's still recognized. And he's him. very record- if you hate he's him or don't on like TV, him, everybody every still knows who A Rod exactly. is. Yeah. And
2: if someone keeps breaking records, Aaron Judge could be headed that way That's too. A good one. Yep. Because, I mean, he plays for the biggest team in baseball. Yep. And came and, back because of that. And had already broken one of the home run records you yep. got to have been a Yankee at one point in your career <laughs> yeah, to, be, exactly. Hunter, to be a, to be to a be billionaire. That or a Cub. <laughs> oh, that or a cub.
0: <laughs> I guess maybe a Dodger too, but you're yep. going to play for one of those yep. organizations you that's spending a, a lot that. of bread. I'm just random conversation No, that's a, about That's
1: a great conversation um, because that that was something that I hadn't really put together because of that. But now that you didn't put that on my mind, Isn't it interesting there though? are some, definitely some players that could be trending that way and the way that they're paying them now. If they that, continue that to do that, two, yeah, right, you're right. That might be the biggest that thing. That matters, too. right? They, yeah. We're
0: only going to get these guys in the in you know in the or last ten years or so. Yep. Just cause and MJ is exception because of the shoes and all that kind of stuff. And yep. I get all that too. Soccer, I wonder, soccer probably has maybe one well, nationally, maybe I don't know. One I or think two? Ronaldo
1: would probably yeah, be that got, guy. He'll be close in, to in a, that conversation yeah. nationally. So He's got endorsements too. Yeah, uh, yeah, a ton of them. Yep
0: um yeah just talking about that no i like that why um since we're on the, we're having the conversation We might as well continue it i was thinking about music as well how many artists of different genres have become billionaires because hip-hop has produced two uh
2: i mean so kanye and Oz- jay-z Oz-Z are, Oz-Z. are yep.
0: both there rihanna is in that conversation mm-hmm. now too right mm-hmm.
2: I would guess Gene Simmons is by now. Okay. But Gene Simmons is one of the richest Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's probably there in that conversation. Uh, but yeah, maybe. But, yeah there, there's like a that. few guys. It's usually a guy in a band Not somebody Elton people. John? I wouldn't imagine Sir Elton John is just because yeah. he hasn't like he hasn't invested yeah. it is the yeah. same way. Yeah, right. if you got your you just beat music. It's like gotta, Gene yeah, Simmons gotta, has the yeah. whole the catalog, catalog of all yeah. this weird yeah. stuff and then buys other like he owns everything. In case like Paul McCartney owns all the oh, Beatles your masters stuff. Yeah, and all yeah. that, so, yeah. and then now there's the guys who they're buying up record collections. I hear this, so that mm. would be another way you can do it. Now is you, you just basically get to a certain age and then you go, well, for eight hundred million dollars, I'll sell this to you. And you go, well, I already had two hundred fifty in the bank, so yeah. I'm a billionaire. And all you gotta yeah. do is just make new music because yeah. they
0: own all your old music. Yeah. You well, normally those
2: guys are doing. It, they're at the end of the. You the don't even like, need to make music yeah, anymore. We're You're done. done. Yeah. You just I I just gave my family generational wealth. And I'm good now.
0: Yeah, it's yep. just interesting.
2: Um, you That's know, a great gay, gay, so, great. So many thing more piece.
0: billionaires now being created and yep. now in all different you know, uh, walks of life and different professions. Anyway, random conversation. Sorry, took it to a different no, place that was there. Great. Uh, let's get back to – okay, one quick conversation before we get to Raj around the day. The Cowboys considered Darius Slay, mm-hmm. who has been released by the Eagles, uh, the all-pro cornerback. Because they and I, obviously they decided Stefan Gilmore was a better way to go. I bet Stefan Gilmore was cheaper than About Gary Slay
2: over half as cheap. Uh, oh this, really? Yeah, Clay was up around twenty five million. Ooh, yeah. well, That's an easy decision. Yeah.
0: Then. Okay. Then yeah. no no conversation yeah, needs no, to be no. had. Then.
2: Yeah, we could go to Ross. <laughs> I, I, I looked. <laughs> I looked before <laughs> the show today easy. when I saw he got released. I looked and went. It's like why did they not? Know? Oh oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why. That is a big salary cap nope. hit.
0: There you go. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, text here says Sir Paul McCartney is a billionaire. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just wondering who is in that conversation there. Uh, all right. We'll come back. We'll get into Raj right today. We'll talk about free agency in the NFL since it's officially started the NFL, uh, new league year. And I'll get into, um, a little bit of a warning. All right, there's some I think there are some some tales of caution uh that I want to get into in Raj rant of the day about free agency, about being overly invested in free agency. Caveat emptor Ooh. Right here on Bald Don't Lie on Wonderful Nine the Home.
2: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real! My God! Okay, it's
0: happening! Everybody stay calm! No, oh, you've done like?
1: it now. It's time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome
0: back to Rod's Rant of the Day. Uh, we were just talking about billionaires, and let's talk about how the uh, the billionaires and the billionaires club that is the NFL Owners Association. Let's talk about how they spend their money in free agency. Now, I went back; hell, I went back to 2012, and wanted to look at the biggest spenders in free agency. What team spent the most money? Who basically won free agency that that season? Right. So this is a contest: who's going to win free agency? And the the really good teams very rarely win free agency. They don't have to, right? It goes back to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys they don't they don't like free agency. Matter of fact, they still have done very little and out with outside free agents. The Cowboys have re-signed their own in-house free agents because we know they like their guys. They're the most homegrown um, team in the NFL. And Stephen Jones' famous quote about free agency, you're going to pay good players like they're great, average players like they're good, below average players like they're average. It's just not a great way to build a football team. And he's completely right about that, by the way. All right, It's not a great way to build a football team through the draft. Uh, sorry, build a great football team through free agency. You want to build through the draft and you want to complement and supplement with free agency with trades. That's the way to go about it. The Cowboys usually wait till much later in free agency. And I understand why they do that because it's hard to find great value in free agency. Uh, That's why caveat emptor, right? Let the buyer beware if you are going to try to win free agency. So in 2012, top teams to win free agency. And I went and did basically, I went and looked at the winning, basically their records, And how many winning seasons, double-digit winning seasons, these teams that won free agency had in the three years after that free agency period that they won. Because most NFL contracts are done after three years. The NFL starts to cut ties with you. They move on. They traded, something like that. So that's just the reality. So I went three years. And sometimes I went four. So 2012, uh, the Saints— they won free agency the Saints Bucks and the Browns Saints had one winning season it was a double digit win season in the next 3 years the Browns had uh three winning seasons in the next three years. Uh they only had sorry the Broncos, take the, sorry Broncos, Broncos, I'll take that back. Broncos. Uh they had three winning seasons in the next three years. They are actually an outlier, an exception. Really rare that a team who wins free agency has three winning seasons uh consecutive like that. But the Broncos in, in 2012, uh they did they actually did that. 2013, Miami Dolphins. Colts and the Titans won free agency. The Miami Dolphins had one uh, double-digit winning season in their next four seasons. Colts had two winning seasons in their next four seasons, and the Titans had one winning season in their next four seasons. The Bucks in 2014, Bucks, Broncos, and the Giants, and the Bucks had one winning season in the next three. Broncos once again, they are the outlier. They have three winning seasons uh, in their next three seasons, two double-digit win seasons. Giants one double-digit win season in their next three after winning the 2014 free agency period jets jets did in 2015 they won it with jacksonville and miami one double digit winning season among uh each team in the next four years so the jets had one jacksonville had one and miami had just one double digit winning season in the next four years after winning free agency that year uh 2016 jacksonville um, and the giants and the broncos uh, also sorry I take that back the Browns sorry, I have trouble reading my own writing the <laughs> Browns uh, Jacksonville Giants and the Browns they won uh, free agency that year the Browns had zero winning seasons in their next four seasons after 2016 Uh, offseason winning that free agency period the Giants had one double digit winning season in their next four seasons the Jacksonville Jaguars had one double digit win season in their next four seasons 2017 Jacksonville loves to win this by the way they won it again Baltimore also was number two here and San Fran jumps out San Fran Actually, ended up in their next three seasons even making a Super Bowl appearance uh, after that 2017 offseason. Baltimore had two winning seasons, one double digit win season in their next four, and Jacksonville had just one double digit win season in their next four. Chicago, I looked at them in 2018, they won free agency. The Jets won it in 2018, uh, and Jacksonville, they were the teams that spent the most money in free agency. Only one double digit win season among all three teams. who won free agency in 2018 over their next four seasons, and that was Chicago. They had one double-digit win season. 2019, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 they won free agency, had the most money spent. Green Bay was second, then Buffalo, uh, then Detroit, then Las Vegas. Green Bay and Buffalo were the exceptions. They actually had three double-digit win seasons in their next seasons. I think a big part of that is figuring out who your quarterback is going to be and getting the quarterback situation settled, which both of those teams did. Uh, But the Jets, zero winning seasons in their next three. Detroit, zero winning seasons in the next three. And the Las Vegas Raiders, they were in that conversation too. One double-digit win season in their next three seasons. 2020. Miami Dolphins. Man, they were doing a lot in 2020. Going after Tom Brady, they were doing a lot. Uh, They had uh, Miami Dolphins actually end up having uh, three winning seasons, but only one double-digit win season in the next three after winning the free agency period of 2020. Cincinnati jumped in there, too. Spent a ton of money that offseason, and they did have two double-digit win seasons in their next three. Las Vegas, only one. Carolina also was in the top five. They had zero winning seasons in their next three seasons. Uh, Cleveland, one double-digit win season in their next three and Detroit just one winning season in their next three point is that's the trend the trend is basically that old quote from Anchorman 60% of the time it works every time and the majority of these I would say large majority of these teams that I studied uh, and what they did in free agency and the teams that won free agency most of the time you had one Double digit or winning season in your next three or four for most of the teams, but like I said, there were exceptions Green Bay that year, Denver, there were exceptions, Buffalo was an exception, uh, Cincinnati. I mean, there are exceptions, so you can win it and also go on to have you know foreseeable success over the next three or four years, but most teams who are irresponsibly trying to spin their way out of dysfunction and incompetence and ineptitude via free agency, they fail and they fail miserably. Free agency can be a factor, a variable that puts a contender over the top, but it can no, by no means be the foundation of your talent acquisition and when teams try to do that like i said they usually overspend and they fail miserably and there's no doubt it is in terms of value i brought this up yesterday it's the worst value of talent acquisition in the nfl i had the strip club example yesterday but i was i'll stick to a grocery shopping example today uh if you are going grocery shopping which we all have done you on a fixed budget that's a salary cap so it's similar um basically Free agency is like shopping at Whole Foods or Central Market. Now, some of y'all do shop at Whole Foods and Central Market, and God bless y'all. <laughs> Y'all got the bread for that.
1: <laughs> most,
0: most, most people in the middle class, they can't shop for everything at Whole Foods and Trencher Market. The prices are just way too high. Yep. Uh, you may get the, the more items. You may have items specifically that you want um, because you're trying to think organically and all this kind of stuff. Whatever. Your diet, that's all separate. But in terms of bread, value and price point, man, basically, that, that's, that's the worst bang for your buck out there if you're going grocery shopping. And that's essentially what free agency is, the worst bang for your buck. What's the best bang for your buck? Grocery shopping? Shopping at HEB, they got coupons right there for you in front of the, in front of the items. They're like, hey, you know what? You're gonna buy this bread. You buy this bread, they'll give you another <laughs> one half <laughs> off. Just take this coupon. <laughs> you damn right. Thank you, HEB. All right, HEB is the best bang for your buck when you're in grocery shopping. That's that's the draft. The mm. draft is you get the most uh, talent and you get the best return on your your investment in that draft capital. And that's what H E B is. Great value. Shout out to my friends at H E B. Love them for that. And if you're looking at uh, the undrafted free agents, you want to look at that time That's the that's the that's the penny stock. You can't get better than an undrafted free agent that end up making your roster. Essentially, that's like you going to you know a grocery store and going to the checkout counter, and the cashier girl just forgetting to 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 check one of your items, forgetting to scan one of your items or two of your items, just giving you free stuff. That's the that there ain't no better value than that because that's just free ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And then trades, uh, I don't go to Sprouts. There's a Sprout app, and you can go there. You can trade with neighbors about produce and kind of farmers market type stuff. Yeah, there you go. That's a trade. So you want to continue the analogy with grocery shopping? Yesterday I went strip club hard, and now people like, man,
1: strip club. Yeah, like, sounds I, like a real good one.
0: The strip club was it was yeah, a good one. Yeah. Essentially, the value of a talent acquisition NFL. Comparing it to the value of soliciting services in a strip club, the best value in a strip club is the tip drill. You go to the stage with a dollar, even with inflation, and that dollar will get you 30 seconds of good, uh, free free, uh, free love and entertainment. Right? Okay. Free-spirited entertainment, I should say. Love right? the free spirit, sp- guys. Free-spirited entertainment, right? And that, to me, is the best bargain out there. That is your, that's your the draft. Nope. That's your draft comparison. I like it. There's no better bang for your buck in a gentleman's club than... The going up to the stage with your $1. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything in this country now with inflation <laughs> that is a better bang for your buck than the tip drill in a strip club when you go up there with a dollar and that beautiful woman gives you 45 seconds to a minute of eye contact and gives you some good old-fashioned American <laughs> loving just for a, a second or two and then all for a dollar. It's
2: beautiful. There you go. If you missed that whole analogy, it's available on the podcast page on <laughs> hornfm.com from yesterday. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I love
0: it. That was uh So I went to a strip club analogy there, and some people hey, might. Hey, man. Hey. I appreciate it Some you. people can't relate to that. Yeah. You can't relate to the strip club analogy. Oh, and I did say that in the strip club analogy, basically, the, the free agency, uh, that's basically like making it rain. We've all been in a strip club where somebody's making it yep, rain. Yep. Car just made it rain a time until He won't admit it. Hey, man. And it's the worst waste of money. It is the You cannot think of a worse way to waste your money than to go to a gentleman's club and just start making it rain dollar bills. Shouldn't even get all the dollars. Some people start walking up just
1: grabbing dollars. Especially when you money. throw it on the ground. I mean, I heard.
0: <laughs> that's free agency. Heard. And that's why the Cowboys, they do not like to make it rain. All right. Lap dances, that's like a trade. You can negotiate. Hey, can I get a two for one? Yeah, get a little bit longer. I'm going to be here for a while. You know, exactly. You know what I mean? Hey, how about that? That's a trade. That's a negotiation. That's pretty good. And then I believe that undrafted free agents was, oh, when you're dating a stripper, which I've also done, and you get free lap dances. Best value out there. Can't get better than that. That
1: is definitely called a bang for your buck. Hey, there it is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. There you go. All right, so that's free agency. Just uh, caveat emptor. All right, yep. let the buyer beware. Don't try to win free agency. It's like making it rain at a strip club. You're gonna regret that later, I promise. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a billionaire, it ain't tricking If you got it, we'll, we'll come right back. We got off the record on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, it is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. and uh, The midweek movie uh, for midweek movie music, Blue Chips. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend yep. you check it out. Make it a priority. Uh, okay, so off the record here, we'll be a little quick because we're up against it and we're off early today, so I want to get in uh, some time next segment to talk and preview more Texas basketball. Um, but quick nugget here on the Aaron Rodgers saga that continues. Man. He did go on the Pat McAfee show and he said that he intends to play for the Jets next season. That is his intention um and did point out that the only thing holding up the you know the 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 trade is the compensation um that the Jets will pay in draft capital. To the Packers, so I just haven't figured that out. But he says, since Friday, my intention was to play for the New York Jets. It's the compensation that's holding things up. Wow. So it's, I'm just—it's
1: it's just this dude, doing, man. It's I just accident. really wish that he would. Uh, I know he's saying I, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm saying that, but what are you truly saying, Aaron?
0: He said he wants to go to Jets. He just needs the Jets, the Jets, and the Green Bay Packers to figure it out like that. I believe he was trying to be as transparent as. Aaron Rodgers can be. <laughs> yeah, was Usually was pretty like, cryptic yeah. anyway. But I think he was trying to be transparent saying it's now why you won't just say, I wanna go to the Jets yeah, and play exactly. for the Jets. It is my intention. It has been my intention. I have no idea. He's you know, I don't know why he's talking to yeah, he, fra-
2: he phrased it weird, but he I watched the whole thing. You and, saw it? Yeah, and it was basically him saying, Look, I wanna he goes, I made the decision to go to the Jets. Like a long time, uh, like two or three days ago. Okay, and so he has been saying. So that Saturday tweet, when he said expect something soon, I think that's when he told the Jets he wanted to go there and told the Packers he wanted to go there, and he was expecting a trade to happen much sooner. Uh, Apparently, the the whole list of demands he said was very much overblown. He said there was nothing that I gave them a sheet of paper. They asked me about some people, and I gave my recommendations. But Nathaniel Thornhill is also there. Nathaniel, uh, Hackett. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, sorry, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett is also there, so he is a guy that also knows all of those players. Yeah, so and they're BFFs. Him and Aaron Rodgers, is really yeah. Close. So they probably all like the same guys. They probably hung out in the same circles. So I think it was a dual-edged, both of those guys recommending them.
0: Yeah, and Alan Lazard has already been signed. Yeah, Al it's Al Al Zard- Zard- a four-year deal. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah, so that was basically. But yeah, he went third. He's like, yeah, I, I, that's that's the intention. That's where we're going. He was saying more that he thought. He thought when the season ended that he felt that it was, it was probably over and that the Packers didn't tell him they wanted him to go, and then they came back after he got out of the darkness retreat, and they were like, yeah, you need to go.
0: Yeah, Mark Murphy, we played that cut from Mark Murphy. Yeah. He was saying, basically, we're doing everything in our power and, to, you know, to basically make this thing work. We and, want and him gone.
2: I can't remember. I can't find the tweet now, but I, found, I read a tweet earlier from one of the guys that basically said they are not even looking for compensation matching the Russell Wilson or Matt Stafford. They do They don't want to use that as a – trade barrier and they may not even be looking for a first much less multiple first wow
0: that's crazy so if
2: that's the case how has this not been done yet
0: yeah that, if that's the case that's stupid <laughs> like i Get as much as you can for them, right? That's the whole point. Is that teams are over? I, I think
2: I think the Green Bay Packers are so over Aaron Rodgers. Right you know what?
0: <laughs> Aaron Rodgers might have screwed up the negotiation because he yeah. might have went to the Jets and was like, "Dude, I want to be here and I don't want to be there." And they know if they want right. me back, like I'm just gonna like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna force them into a conundrum where I may play, but I'm not I'm not really invested.
2: Yeah, I'm playing, but y'all oh, paying no, me all the money, he but he I'm not invested. Basically, said today, like that's that's done. Like I, that's done. So the only other thing would be another team trying to swoop in and get him. That would be a, well, he's, the, not, he's not going to retire though. That was not no because he says he wants to come he back. Wants to play. He did exactly. his first workout. He, 60 and he wants sixty million. To come He's yeah. like, hey, he wants to play. No, he no, wants no, to take cash. No, no. He wants the challenge, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he wants that he wants that at fifty to sixty million. It's hard to pass that up, man. Okay. So he's not retiring. I think he'll retire after that. How much does his contract got? What, one more year or two more years?
2: I think it has two with an option for a third. I think it's exactly like two more years, uh, yeah. but
0: so he'll whenever they stop paying him sixty million to play, that's when he'll stop playing. <laughs>
1: right. Right. I mean, like, I'm not stopping playing if I got sixty million dollars waiting on me.
2: You going to pay me 60 yeah, minutes what way, I did last I year? Deal. Exactly. <laughs> it, man, saying. if they offered me 100,000 right now, I'd be like, "Go hit me a couple times. I'm I'm be hard in a minute." But <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah, the Jets and the Jets are desperate. They right now the Jets they
0: don't have a backup plan. This is it. Yeah. They're all in. So all he also in. knows I really do have all the leverage in this situation. Yeah. So uh, he, yeah, he's basically he's holding that organization hostage, pretty much. Big time. And I think it, I think it'll happen though by the end of this week or by the beginning, or Nick this weekend, I should say. All right, we come back. We got one more second. We'll wrap it up and put it in the oven. We'll talk Texas basketball and talk about their matchup versus Colgate in the first round, right here on Ball Don Line. Wonderful down the horn. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams uh, from a soundtrack. My man Patrick takes jams from a certain soundtrack that inspired him. Plays those selections for us on uh, midweek movie music. And based on those songs, we are to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And today it is Blue Chips. Great film. Uh, And it's basically inspired because uh, we're in the midst of March Madness. Uh, And Blue Chips is all about college basketball. That's what we're talking about right now. Tons of college basketball. Specifically, the Longhorns, gentlemen, who will be taking on Colgate in the first round. Speaking of, we'll be out at Twin Peaks, the Round Rock location, tomorrow for your official watch party, uh, we're also going to have the pre pre game out there as well, starting up at 5:30 uh, for the Texas uh, Colgate matchup. But we'll be out there from three o'clock until the end of uh, the show. Which obviously we're off early um, at six uh, tomorrow because of Texas basketball. But we'll have the pre-game, and we'll have ball don't lie. Patrick also is going to be out on the scene. So he'll PD going to be with full us. Full Monty. The whole group <laughs> is going to be out there. We're going to have a damn good time. Mm. All right, uh, we'll have an even better time if Texas takes care of business. We all assume that they will, and we're not the only ones who are assuming Texas going to take care of business. As I pointed out, a lot of experts, some of the most respected college basketball minds in the country, are picking the Longhorns to uh, make a run, a deep run, to the Final Four. Jay Wright, Seth Davis, Dickie V, Seth Greenberg, Jay Billis, Reese Davis, among many. And first got to... You know, get out of the first round. They got to beat Colgate. Colgate, last three seasons, though, man, they've been – the one thing that worries me about Colgate, and I think Texas is going to win, honestly. I think they'll win by double digits. Whether they cover that 13-point number or not, I don't know. I do feel good about that. But I will say this. What worries me about Colgate is they've been trending – Toward a, a tournament win. like You know what I mean? I don't know if it's going to be this year. It's going to be in the next. It's going to be soon. I just don't know when it's going to be. I I don't think it's going to be this year against Texas. But they're 44-4 and four in conference play in the last three seasons. Just pointed out that they're 0-2 in the last two years as a fourteen seed. They're a 15th seed uh, this year. But those losses they had to what Arkansas and Wisconsin. By mm-hmm. the way, their Wisconsin uh, game was in Wisconsin. So that was like a, a road game essentially for them too. They had leads. Yep. On those teams, uh, and they had a, a, actually a lead on Wisconsin with about ten minutes remaining in that game. They just couldn't hold on because because the talent disparity. It's really hard for them to play forty minutes. They had a lead on Arkansas as well and ended up losing those games. But you know, if if Texas takes them lightly, which I don't think they will,
1: OU can surprise you. They better not. Let's just put it like that. Mm-hmm. Texas needs to go out there and handle their business, and this is something that they've been waiting for. They've been ready to get to this point. Uh, it's been a long season. They've worked really hard to get uh, the, to win the championship, to play tough all year. And this is what all those guys came back to celebrate. This is why they're here. They wanted to play in the tournament, they wanted to go for a national championship. Mm-hmm. Marcus Carr, you went out and got a Sir Jabari Rice. We talked about that when these guys all transferred to the University of Texas. I said, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, and. um um. Serge Jabari, sure. all have been to the NCAA tournament and have won games. They know what it's about. Guard play. This is where guard play either makes you or break you. But I do have to give a special shout-out to my man, Dylan DeSue. Mm-hmm. He played his butt off, and he has been playing his butt off. He finally looks like he's 100% healthy. That is what I'm thinking of. He finally – make sure that he is healthy because he looks like he's playing carefree. He's not playing safe
2: basketball. Yeah, no, and it's it's all about, for me, it's that focus and him not getting in foul trouble. If he doesn't, he should be able to eat against Colgate. Like, they, they don't have a big that's going to be able to step up with his footwork and how he gets around, guys. If you're doing that to Kansas uh, – it's going to be a long day for Colgate mm-hmm. but you got to be out in, in the guard play. If you're if your guards can go ahead and play solid defense, it's it's just it, don't play, man. don't allow don't allow the fact that you know you can beat this team to let you lose to this team. That's that's what it comes down to. You play the way you are, then you know what, you're going to be able to rest at the end of this game cuz you're going to be up 40 in the last 5 minutes if you play the way you can play. yeah, I don't already, expect them to be at 40, but I'm saying they could be. They are standard. that much better than this team is. Yeah, They just need to play like it because it's basketball, and teams that shoot threes can get back into it in a hurry. Yeah, Boy, I, I, I totally ever. agree
0: with you. And to, to, to Harge's point, Texas, just based on experience, is considered to be the seventh most experienced team in the NCAA. Uh, if you look at the seven members of their nine-man rotation essentially, uh, are returning to turn- the tournament experience. So they mm-hmm. all have had tournament experience. And you look at the average age weighted by minutes of uh, players who have played. Texas is the fourth most experienced team uh, returning to the tournament. So they, they, they do have experience. There should be nothing about... The adversity uh, that you're going to see in the tournament that surprises this experienced veteran team, right? So I, I'm with you. i let you. Let's put it a- this
2: way: Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice, and Tyrese Hunter all won a game in the tournament last season. Yep, that's. That's four guards for you right there. All have a tournament win last season. Who has I mean, that, that's
0: got to be rare. <laughs> had to four right? guys yeah, that can say that? Uh, yeah, uh, hey, that's what I'm saying. The other teams, we have that much experience, tournament experience. So I feel really good about, like I said, drinking the burnt orange Kool-Aid with Ooh, Texas. But Sip on it. Yeah, but like I said, Colgate, look, they're the number one shooting team in terms of, obviously, percentage-wise and shoot, uh, three-point percentage. Number one sh- three-point shooting team in the country, 40.8 uh, three-point shooting percentage. They were number two last year, and they were number three the year before that. Like I said, yeah. they've been trending. They've been trending in the in, in the right direction for a while now. Uh, Texas needs to make sure they put the kibosh on that thing because Kobe is yeah. going to be confident. Oh, they're going to be ready they, to go. They're ready to be a Cinderella. Yeah. Cinderella's a gold-digging
1: skank, and you need to treat her like that. Uh, all right, uh, what you got on tap coming up? We're going to watch a little bit of basketball tonight and, of course, listen to Texas baseball tonight Ooh. as well right here. On oh, 104.9 The Horn Coming up next uh, Patrick, what you got on tap, brother? Seinfeld Trivia Seinfeld
0: Trivia I might drop by that, by oh, the way might I suppose. might drop by that Where's it at? Good. Seinfeld Trivia, baby Yeah, that's gonna lie. I'll let you
2: know after the show All, All right.
0: right Coming up next uh, You got Texas baseball Don't go anywhere Remember, the revolution will not be televised We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie We love you guys Take care of yourselves But more importantly Take care of each other Peace